Newsbreak Podcast. Public protector advocate Busisiwe Mkubane even went as far as telling me that these days anybody in the high court, whoever goes, whoever takes her to court, the judgment is going to be in their favor. So lots of revelations she's made to us about her thought processes, her feelings and her understanding of the way the courts and the judicial system is treating her. A very good afternoon to you. Welcome to News Break Talk. I'm Tare Shari Pashad. And yes, as we've been telling you, we did manage to get an exclusive interview with public protector advocate Busi Siwe Mkwebane. Of course, in a lot of news, a lot of media for some of the um, for some of her remedial action, for some of her reports, singling out the likes of uh, President Sildar Maposa, Public Enterprises Minister Praveen Gordhan, um, lots of criticism against her Frieda Dairy um, report, and of course, lots of issues as well with the South African Reserve Bank in her findings. So this all has gone to court. There's been a lot of um, back and forth with the judicial process and what it's resulted in basically is about almost 900,000 rand that the public protector is liable to pay for these court cases uh, where the ruling has gone against her or where these interdicts or where these applications have gone against her uh, that has to come out of her uh, her pocket. So she's been in KwaZulu-Natal for a roadshow on ethics. She's basically in a lot of stakeholder engagements and what she does intend on establishing is um, a greater understanding of local governments with sections 96 and 136 of the constitution the Executive Members Ethics Act and the Executive Code of Ethics. And this is to facilitate better accountability and better upholding of ethics in the executive um, councils of local government. So the interview today is pre-recorded. Yes, we've indicated that and that's simply for one reason because this was that was the only time that the public protector could give us. The invitation was for her to join us today in studio so she could engage with you, but her schedule did not permit that. And that is the only reason why we had to then um, take the allotted slot that she provided us for the hour and record the interview. And this is our conversation with public protector, advocate Busi Siwe Mkwebane. Advocate uh, Mkwebane, it's it's great to have you in studio. We thank you so much for making the time. Mm. I think it's an interview that um, we've been waiting for to understand your perspective yes. in, in your office. Mm. And I think South Africans also wanted to engage with you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for giving me this uh, opportunity and uh, thank you for your um, in fact, to your listeners mm. as well, um, because radio is one of the most powerful uh, tool to yeah. just communicate uh, what we are doing as an institution. Yeah, mm. I think on that note, then let's start with what brings you to KwaZulu Natal. Of course, it is a very significant um, visit, a roadshow, uh, engaging with the public, and I think a major focus for you then here is ethics. Mm, definitely. Um, we've got the sixth administration and uh, the focus this year is uh, on the Executive Members Ethics uh, Act and the code. Uh, uh, what we are doing is in all the provinces. I've been to Limpopo, I've been to Eastern Cape, uh, uh, where I've done uh, engaged with the executive. Now I'm here. What uh, we're doing is to make sure that we have a preventative method, you know, to 
engage with the executive to show them what are the do's and the don'ts so that we are not uh, faced with the situation where the members of the legislature are complaining about the behavior of the executive. Remember, under the Executive Members Ethics Act, this is lodged only by members of the legislature or even the executive against the executive, which is your MECs and the premiers um, in in various uh, provinces. It comes at a significant time because many have been, um, I think, criticizing the way, uh, you know, members of this particular wing behave, um, whether it is response to basic daily, um, you know, concerns in a, in a municipality or sometimes even irregular, uh, irregular behavior, whether it is corruption, mm-hmm. whether it is, um, you know, financial mismanagement. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about how timely this kind of dialogue is right now. Um, the issue of uh, the behavior uh, of the executive, I must say, KwaZulu uh, Natal, um, we've engaged with several of the executive in, executives in the reports which we have done, and uh, they were very uh, cooperative uh, in our investigation. There was one which we did um, investigation, though it was relating to uh, the way the mortuaries were, were being managed. Uh, the engagement we had the, with the MEC who would understand the role of the public protector engaging us as well, uh, suggesting even other measures which we can put in place. But then um, the executive currently, we were engaging them to um, stay away from certain behaviours, the comments which uh, you would made. We were even giving them examples of the reports we've issued. For instance, uh, the one of the former uh, Premier of Western Cape where we were showing that as a, a, an executive, you cannot, uh, you need to conduct yourself in a certain way. You cannot just make certain comments. You cannot do work with the state. You cannot expose yourself to a, a conflict. So, um, up to so far in, in KZN, I, I would say we we still uh, in a situation in, with the fifth administration. Uh, we didn't have challenges. Even now, I'm hoping that we won't have any challenges. Mm. I think it sounds like a fascinating framework to create the sense of ethics and accountability within, um, you know, I mean, I know you're going to do it on a broader level, but I think, you know, we could say as as far as local government. But I want to ask you then about compliance and trying to inspire and and create that compliance there on the ground. I mean, if you look at uh, some decisions taken specifically within the Itaquini, for example, um, you know, uh, a suspension then of, of the Itaquini former mayor, Mamzandela Gomede, mm-hmm. and some of her supporters, they're not happy about that decision. And then bringing the city to a standstill. So you get a sense that sometimes compliance is not always forthcoming. I think, again, is the issue of engaging um, the complainants. If people are lodging or if people have uh, issues with how certain decisions are taken, at least let them be informed, let them be engaged uh, fully. Then you wouldn't have, I mean, it's similar applies to the issue of service delivery. If you are making promises as the uh, uh, maybe when you are promising people will provide water, will provide electricity, mm-hmm. and come the time of delivery, you are not doing that. What we're normally saying is always keep the public informed, always consult with them, always inform them so that you don't have a situation now when people are going on um, uh, strike or even uh, making sure that there's a shutdown of any processes.
This week, designer Tarun Tahliani takes pride in heritage. Recent South Indian releases push the bar higher. Ikram leads his dancers on a Bollywood-inspired rampage. Professor Ashwin Desai looks back on the life of Bantu Stephen Biko. And we celebrate the colors of Indian cuisine with Yudhika. Share in the Indian experience at Mela on Sunday at 5.30pm on SABC3. The stage is yours. September brings a brand new season with brand new shows for you to own. Alex Tully is forced to participate in an underground cross-country road race in the brand new series Drive every Sunday at half past eight. And find out how one man went from the segregated South to being a world-renowned fashion editor in the Gospel According to Andre, featuring the world's most famous fashionistas on Sundays at 7.30. It's world-class entertainment on SABC3. The stage is yours. Own it. Quarter past one on Newsbreak Talk. I'm Tarir Shari Pashad. Yes, we did sit down with public protector advocate Busi Siwiam Kwebane. And now we speak to her about some of the court judgments that didn't really go her way. I think if we then shift to, you know, broader uh, functions then of the public protector's office, it's been a very busy time for mm-hmm. you. A lot of... Um, you know, court battles, one could go as far as, uh, as talking about it. Um, and I think, you know, to, to start it off then, um, your thoughts on the way the Public Protector's Office, since you took office, has been um, accepted or approached by the judiciary? Um, you know, I indicated that the judiciary is a key pillar of our democracy. And uh, I have very uh, uh, you know, confidence and trust in the judiciary. Um, we shouldn't be mentioning few judges and think that uh, we're painting everyone with the same brush. Where one is not happy about a certain judgment, uh, there's an appeal process. And when the appeal process uh, also fails... Uh, the Supreme Court of Appeal, there's then the next uh, highest court, uh, which is the Constitutional Court. I think uh, we need to make sure that we utilize that process. And we also plead with the judges also to just focus purely on being objective mm-hmm. on the law and the application of the law on justice. Yeah. Whatever you think they're not doing that? Some of them are not doing that because you take a decision against the public protector thinking that you are dealing with the public protector, not checking what are you saying about the people who are supposed to be benefiting from the report of the public protector or this democracy or the instilling of a sense of accountability, transparency and uh, uh, accountability. So I think we need to make sure that we just operate within the rule of law. We promote that because once we create that doubt, as some of the judges uh, do, uh, then you are then creating uh, anarchy mm-hmm. in the state and you'll find that then certain decisions when they are taken, uh, you already know 
I mean, uh, I've said it and I'm still saying that uh, when we appear before the Pretoria High Court, uh, most of the time with my legal team, we would say I possibly it just needs whoever is taking us to court just to appear and they would uh, get uh, any judgment in their favor. But again, there's now a, an appeal court where we are then saying a higher court, uh, in fact, a, a Supreme Court of Appeal might reach a, a different conclusion. So it's just um, mm. that observation yeah, which one yeah. has made. I know you made another observation. You say that the, judici- the judiciary and the courts have, you know, made a sudden U-turn on some of the key legal principles that they've um, used previously, specifically during the tenure of your predecessor, um, advocate Tulima Donsela. What makes you feel that? I've reflected or I've shown um, I took uh, the, the 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 those uh, uh, students and the uh, audience through various court judgments which uh, uh, were issued during that time and and currently i mean the one example is the um, the, the the state capture uh, state of capture uh, um, uh, judgment where the high court in pretoria said the public protector um, in fact, let's start with the Nkandla judgment, remedial action of the private protector binding until set aside by a mm. court. And uh, you cannot second guess the yeah. remedial action of the mm. public protector. But then uh, you find then that um, when we issue uh, the remedial action, uh, then there's those questions that, no, we've uh, lodged an, a review uh, and, uh, you know, you need to just stop uh, everything and not enforce the, the 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 implementation the state of capture uh, uh, report or the review the judgment was the public protector can order any state functionary uh, in how uh, they can uh, enforce or their powers uh, where the that report uh, was saying the president must um, allow the chief justice to appoint um, a judge for the commission and the court found that that is fine but mm. you go to the free uh, judgment where judge tolme was saying you cannot uh, 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 not not the 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 the, the judgment the the the, the cx uh, judgment where the court was saying you cannot instruct the siu to do the following so it, it, there's those inconsistencies but yeah. i think that needs us to make sure that we are consistent in what we we, we are doing yeah. so, and we have uh, stability on what are the powers of the public protector so what do you think it's saying then about the respect for your office right now in its current context uh i would say it, it's again i'm still repeating it's not about me it's about uh, respecting the constitutional institution and this very critical institution which is benefiting the poor, the marginalized, people who don't have the resources to t- take the state uh, to, to court, people who are exercising their constitutional right using the public protector, you know, to, uh, 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 to be assisted. Um, I would say... There's a, a lot of work which we are doing as an institution. We've changed the livelihood of uh, a lot of people. I think let's not be judged by only two judgments. And it's portrayed as if it's a number of judgments mm-hmm. 
which are issued uh, against the uh, institution. Mm. Yeah. When we look at some of the criticisms, then, if you if you look at the um, the, the investigation to the funding of President Salma Posa's um, election campaign, um, you know. Courts then pronouncing that, um, you know, you had no authority then to look at those particular documents and that should then be sealed away from public office. Um, How do you deal with the criticism then on some of your remedial findings? Uh, The court has not uh, decided on that. Uh, That has not been done through the court application. That is a management of the process by the deputy chief, uh, deputy judge president. So that's still an engagement which is still ongoing. And I think what I would only say is that uh, for the issue of transparency, I think you've heard also that we've acquired those documents through our investigations, through the proper processes. And uh, I've even indicated that the process of litigating through the media by the attorneys of the president, it doesn't help the process. So um, that matter must still appear, will appear before court. We will have to present all the evidence which we're having and uh, it's for the court to decide. I think what needs to be clear is that we investigated a complaint which was lodged. We checked what happened what should have happened, what uh, are the laws which have been violated, and that's it, what the public protector did. Mm. Mm. I think to another very high-profile case then that, that made the headlines, the case against uh, Public Enterprises Minister Praveen Gordon, found guilty of improper conduct over the, um, I think, the approval of the uh, then-Deputy South African Revenue Services um, Commissioner Ivan Pele's early retirement payout. And, of course, that, again, you could go as far as saying, ruled in favour of uh, Minister Praveen Gordon and that remedial action then set aside. You, as the public protector... What becomes your first means of studying that judgment and then finding out, well, what do I do next? Uh, that uh, report has not been set aside yet. It was only the um, the uh, application to interdict mm-hmm. the implementation. And uh, I think, again, um, when the matter is heard, uh, the judges need to look into what the law is saying. Uh, can we allow that any person, any public servant, can um, request that they would want to access their pension and uh, they are given their pension and they are employed the following day as a country is this if the judgment let's say it's issued then that that was fine is this what we are promoting uh, for any other person therefore we shouldn't have a public servant who will then say uh, uh, i mean uh, teachers and nurses and everyone teachers for instance they do uh, take their pensions and resign, but remember they are penalized. The state is not paying that penalty, uh, uh, which uh, they they deducted from their own uh, 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 pension. So, by this we mean then any other person should also not be penalized for resigning uh, and taking their monies, and then the following you 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 are then re-employed and uh, you are even paid mm. more than what you were getting. 
So for me, it's the precedence you are setting. Yeah. It's not about me. If the court feels that that is fine, then that is fine. And then it means any other person will use that judgment to go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you've stated very strongly and clearly that, you know, um, you're there to serve the people, the public of South Africa, who don't have the means and the finances to take up these kinds of issues to court. Um, and, 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 you know, you go systematically through your findings, specifically in this one. I mean, you know, I think w- what the report then points out is a violation then of Section two, two, uh, 209 of the Constitution and Section 3 of the National Strategic Intelligence Act. But then when the Pretoria High Court then says based on that, that both sections do not create criminal offences. And according to your work, now you've established, you've laid out why you feel it does. Um, As an office, what then becomes the next step to stand by what you've put forward? Mm. I think even that one, it's it's another report. It's not yet set aside, uh, but the judge decided to go into the facts which... uh, um, uh, it was only interdicting the implementation of the remedial action. The review must still be had, so the report is not set aside. Mm. Let's say the report is set aside, then it means uh, the the Constitution, Section 209, it's saying it's only the state security agents which should be having the responsibility of uh, 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 what uh, that uh, uh, rogue unit performed. Mm. Uh, which they did what they were not supposed to do as SARS. That only is the prerogative of um, the state security agency, which is a constitutional body. And unless the president can then give any other state that information and violating um, the laws, because if I tap your phone as an investigator or conduct any covert investigation against you, I need to get the authority of the judge that's operating within the rule of law to do that. I need not just tap your phone and listen to your communication. It's violation of mm. the law. That's crime. So I think, again, whatever the court finds, it's the precedence they are setting for the country. And um, I think, again, are we operating within the rule of law? Are we not creating a constitutional crisis? Are we not creating anarchy for this uh, country? It's for the court to to decide. Mm. For me, I've done my part. If they are setting it aside and they are even saying it mustn't go back to me, I'm fine with that. And remember that it's seven investigations which have found that that rogue unit was operating unlawfully. Need a little afternoon pick-me-up? Then join Palissa Tembe and me, Jeannie D, on Afternoon Express. Discover what's trending as we meet the people and engage the issues that have captured Mzanzi's attention. Plus, the Afternoon Express kitchen explores flavors that'll excite your taste buds. It's delicious, it's insightful, it's fun and colorful. It's Afternoon Express, weekdays at 5 p.m. on SABC3. They're going to find us, you know? Stop exaggerating. We are going to have to pay additional penalties every month, and that's not good for our wallet, hey? Shh! Relax. How can I? When you haven't paid your TV license. It's not rocket science. Duh. All you have to do is visit tvlic.co.za and pay your TV license. Then I wouldn't be bothering you like this at all. Okay, okay, 
Do you promise to leave me alone if I pay my TV license? Yes, I'm your conscience, trying to get you to do the right thing. Want to keep that voice in your head quiet? Then pay your TV license online, anywhere, anytime. It's easy, super fast, and your conscience will thank you. Be kind to yourself. Hashtag made possible by you. Half past one on Newsbreak Talk and we're in conversation um, with the public protector advocate Busisiwe Mkwebane. She met us earlier this week for an exclusive chat. So she's laid out why she believes her reports stand and why she believes that the remedial action is um, constitutionally sound and, and, and valid. This is how she deals with criticism against it. Ma'am, and I'm going to start this example and, you know, Obviously, it was decisions taken when you were not at the helm of the public protector's office. But if you look at it in, in our recent history, uh, under former public protector, Tulima Donsela, if you look at the um, um, Secure and Comfort Report, the State of Capture Report, you know, the assumption, and I know we're going to touch on this, and I know you have major thoughts on the way media represent certain cases and use it as fodder to create a public political narrative. Mm. But, you know, the, the general sense was that that office... Um, at that point, were making pronouncements against President Jacob Zuma, was focused on state capture, on corruption, irregularities there at the top helm of state. And then if you look at some of the pronouncements and cases you've been working on, um, looking into the you know, dealings there of President Sultamaposa, of Minister Praveen Gordhan, what one can deduce then is that the Public Protector's Office um, investigates certain people your thoughts on what forms the basis for you to decide who to investigate on what grounds? Uh, I need to clarify that uh, we have, uh, since I joined the office, finalized more than 34,000 complaints. And uh, the media won't report about the livelihoods of people who have changed, especially on bread and butter issues. So we've changed the livelihood of people. They've accessed water, accessed their pensions, small businesses who've been not been paid for years. They've received their monies. They can put food on the table. You know, they've employed people. So that's the li- things we've changed then you cannot judge the power protector with only two reports. And remember, mm. the, I didn't go around and, 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 and look for those uh, complaints. Yeah. The DA complained against the president. The EFF complained against Minister Kodan. Only two uh, matters. And how many other ministers, how many other executives have investigated and issued reports against? So um, I think we need to make sure as the public to focus to read and not to be fed information or a certain narrative which creates unnecessary doubt in people's minds. And again, I only operate within the law and uh, the Executive Members Ethics Act compels me to investigate. I cannot uh, just shelve those investigations and not investigate them. Then it means I'm not independent, I'm not doing my work without fear or favor. So it needs to be very clear in the minds of South Africans that it's only two uh, individuals or reports which it's as if now I'm focusing on them. Mm. Yeah. And, I, and I know you often defend that and, and I think your point on that in a rebuttal is that um, you know um, your office and the work that you do 
with the confines of your office uh, is not on the basis of what media or um, you know some people say about other people, as mm. you said. Explain that you know approach to your work. Then our approach to the work of the Pipe Protector, we receive a lot of complaints from ordinary citizens who don't have the means to take their haves to court. They come for the to the public protector. Mm-hmm. And 90% of our complaints, we resolve them through alternative dispute resolution. You come, you say the department owes me so much money in pensions or I've performed this service, I haven't been paid. Pick up a phone or write the first letter to the department. Department, or you bring them together, you resolve the matter, department pays then that's it. Unless where the department is not cooperating, then we conduct full-scale investigation or if it's corruption related. That also it takes some time, 12 to 24 months for us to investigate you know, forensic investigation and making sure that we have all the evidence we check it against the violation of the law and we then bring forth the remedial action. Remember where we issue reports, for instance we've issued uh, around 102 reports since I joined and those reports are correcting uh, the prejudice or are correcting the, the or you know providing redress and the reports are corrective because we are saying you've been conducting your practice like this but then the proper way is to do this. For instance, the department will advertise a post with certain uh, qualifications, but you then neglect whatever you've advertised and what your policy say, mm. and you appoint somebody who doesn't have a qualification. That's acting contrary to the law. That's all what we do. We check what the facts are saying, what the policies and your law is saying, and we say you cannot continue uh, doing uh, uh, this way. If you want to em- employ somebody who has a lot of experience, then change your policy and say we can also appoint a person with prior learning and even if they don't have a qualification for this post. Then when you advertise, the person would be meeting the requirements. But then you cannot then uh, uh, expect to make laws or policies and then you act contrary to them. Mm. Yeah. So you definitely stand by your work and your findings and and, and you defend it. and as we've discussed for, I think, a majority of the time now, the courts disagree and they believe otherwise, mm. citing their own reasons. Um, do you think then that the, ju- the judicial system has a, how do I phrase it, uh, a vested agenda or they are um, being swayed by a particular perspective of thinking and not necessarily the constitution or judicial ethical practices? Yes, uh, and I wouldn't say the judiciary. I wouldn't say the courts. I would say certain judges, if they can focus on uh, doing their work to be objective, focus on the facts, focus on the evidence before them. Let's forget about uh, judges who would even write their judgments and mention uh, political statements like New Dawn and stuff like that. And for me as the public protector in my office, uh, hence the conclusion which we've drawn, especially what has been happening, when we check the facts and the law, and the kind of judgments we're getting and the kinds of arguments which have been brought forward by our legal team. Hence the conclusion that those certain judges um, is concerning the way they've reached uh, certain conclusions. My plea to any person who's uh, performing that work, 
Let's focus on bringing justice. Let's focus on having a rule of law. Let's focus on the facts before us and not be swayed by the narrative which is out there. Because unfortunately, if the media is then having a certain narrative or certain uh, people who have the resources uh, to dictate how uh, uh, this office possibly should be operating because we don't want this individual. It's not about the individual. It's about how do we make sure that South Africans are protected and anyone who's holding an office is treated uh, equally without any fear, favor, mm. or prejudice. Mm. Yeah. Ma'am, if you feel certain judges are um, you know, applying perspectives, judicial perspectives, ethics, um, understanding rule of law uh, incorrectly and they should be, you know, doing it a bit more diligently. What is your recourse then? How do you um, raise that and then try and, you know, change that particular practice as you as you call it? The the other process uh, one is having the recourse is to appeal. Hence, appealing is also then giving an opportunity to the Supreme Court of Appeal judges to look into the matter, especially the law, what the law is saying about any practice or any matter before court. So that's uh, what I'm uh, having solace on. Uh, another process where a judge has behaved in such a way or used a language which they're not supposed to be using on uh, uh, delivering their mm-hmm. judgment, uh, where they need to hold themselves to a higher standard and make sure that they keep the judiciary or the system a sacrosanct. It's one can complain to the Judicial Service Commission, which as an institution, one of the complaints we've lodged against the language used by Judge Potterell in when she was delivering the judgment. Again, giving the Judicial Service Commission an opportunity to look into the matter and advise that that is fine for a judge to write those kinds of of judgments. Because as a public protector, all our reports, when we write our reports, we make sure that we write them with such respect, with uh, such a way that um, it's educational, it's corrective. We we don't have to be using a certain language which will uh, create uh, doubt or which will uh, create... um, uh, this uh, narrative as if a person is incompetent. Because for me, I feel that uh, those judges, it's like a, a a process where it's staged and uh, to make sure that there's this narrative which is created because a certain political party like the DA is saying this person must be removed because they are incompetent. Then you want to use the court judgments. And whereas the very same judges, I mean, they've lost several cases in the Supreme Court and even in the Constitutional Court. But did they call for those judges to be uh, removed? Did they uh, issue punitive costs against those judges? And some judges have even issued um, judgments who, where a person spent, there was a KwaZulu-Natal man who spent more than 10 years in, 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 in incarcerated. And you find that that judgment was wrong. Yeah. Or, you know, so... It's it's what we do to certain individuals. Let's do them to 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 others, especially yeah. an ombudsman institution. We yeah. do our work uh, in good faith. 
we we're there to protect the uh, powerless the ones who cannot defend yeah, themselves yeah. and when we do our work and especially with the caliber of the investigators we're having who have experience in what they are doing that's the team which uh, i work with and we make sure that we don't take any sides yeah, yeah. yeah. that said ma'am you think your work is being is being um disrespected um you know uh, i wouldn't say it depends on who is disrespecting our work if you then feel you belong to a certain class you have the resources you can take us to court and to create maybe doubt in people's um, mind or to, for us for them to lose trust unfortunately those who don't have uh, the poor the marginalized we are their hope and we continue receiving complaints we continue changing their lives um that will never because that's all they have uh, unlike those who have who can take us to the apex court in the land uh, just to deal with a, 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 an individual um so mm. we people have respect in yeah. in the office people yeah. trust uh, the public protector as an institution and we help and number of people. Mm. Mm. Take me into your into your mind space then your thought processes now um you know as we understand it um you're expected to be paying about I think it is what 900,000 in costs a lot of legal work still to happen a lot of appeals um you know a lot of defense of your work um how do you then go about it what is your mind space now in terms of you know um i think fighting for the authenticity of your work um we will fight for that uh, and again not fighting for it because it's my work fighting for it because whoever is impacted or whoever is prejudiced because of the conduct improper conduct of the state or state officials it's purely that and as an office when we oppose matters it's because we would want to help the court to come to a conclusion which will hear our side of the story and not create uh, unnecessary precedents which uh, will bring the country into uh, chaos um the personal cost orders i think that we're still waiting to know what is the exact amount that was an estimation which was there in the media and uh, that is personal cost order which uh, there's members of the public came forward and they said we will raise funds we will assist the public protector to pay those funds so if then uh, there are those whose intentions is to bankrupt this public protector um so be it but i will continue to do my work without fear or favor and it's for the benefit of the public Your favorite and the biggest shopping festival is back. Diwali India Shopping Festival at the Gravel Resorts Champion Room from 30th August to 15th September, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. A massive variety of products available. We show you'll shop till you drop. No extensions, 10 rands entry fee. Don't miss out on the guaranteed lucky draw every weekend. Stand a chance to win amazing gifts, delicious food court, and free secure parking. Diwali India Shopping Festival, Gravel Resorts Champion Room from 30th August to 15th September. This Saturday on EFC, we look back to a fight of the night performance as the dominant champion Iga Cabeza put everything on the line against the pride of Scotland, Callum Murray. 
Plus, catch Takunda Garimbo as he takes on Donnie Swart. EFC, every Saturday at 8 p.m. on SABC3. Brought to you by SABC Sport. Calls for you to step down. Calls for a motion of no confidence to be you know, voted against you. Lot of organisations questioning the integrity of your office, the integrity of the way you apply um, the law and judgment into a lot of your reports. Um, does it deter you? It doesn't. I mean, if you South Africans can read our reports and read what uh, we have done, how we applied the law, and uh, how when we are taken to court. They are not focusing on the merits of the matter. They are just focusing on the technicalities, which are not dealing with the gist of the matter. I mean, the APSA, the Reserve Bank matter, that money is, two judges found that it's an illegal loan. That money has never been paid. Those findings are still there. Um, and when it comes to uh, the issue of uh, how we are changing uh, people's lives, and the very same NGOs, it's interesting that 10 NGOs will say she must be removed, but the very same NGOs are quiet now. The country is in crisis. Are you then as NGOs uh, surely concerned about the livelihood of our people? No, you are not. So they are exposing themselves uh, to that because their priorities are very skewed. <clears throat> you are focusing on removing this person who after removing this person, you'll put another one, then it means you'd want uh, somebody you will control, somebody you wouldn't want to deal with corruption. You are saying you are dealing with the corruption, you are saying uh, we need clean governance, corruption is, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 causing... Uh, the country not to grow, causing the country not to receive any uh, investments. But now you deal with the very same institution which is contributing to eradicating the very same uh, corruption. It's it's a very interesting uh, approach. Mm. But again, you find, again, it's yeah. whose interest are they serving? And what are your thoughts then on on some of the names, perhaps, that have, have called for this, because they do come with a certain degree of clout. I mean, I know it is uh, the likes of, uh, I think, constitutional law expert Pierre de Foss, um, Law Senaidu from the Constitution for the uh, Advancement of the Constitution. Um, and I know it was um, business leadership. South Africa is often, you know, called for, for your removal. People who've really influenced a lot of, uh, I think, jud- judicial and constitutional movement in South Africa, when they call for you to step down or for you to be um, removed as a public protector, doesn't it have some sort of effect on you? No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I'm still saying, like Kasak, you advance the constitution, but you're dealing with the very same constitutional institution when it comes to the public not accessing water, health care, uh, you know, this gender-based violence, um, the issues of corruption. I mean, even Corruption Watch, I know they also have issues about uh, me. Um, It it doesn't concern me, but again, is as members of the public, is this the kinds of NGOs you would want to see? The NGOs which are not benefiting or don't have an interest on your issues, where you don't have water, you don't have yeah. access to education. Yeah. I mean, a lot of children, uh, you know, 
crossing rivers, mm. going to school. How do you engage uh, those institutions? I mean, yeah. Professor DeForce, I think there's several engagements. I mean, he's focusing on the person of the pipe protector. Um, I think he should be focusing on the rule of law. Uh, what the law is saying and uh, not uh, focus on the person of the public protect and not mislead especially the public because he tweets a lot and uh, if you follow that uh, sometimes you know uh, if you have not practiced the law but you just lecturing it's very critical that you engage with the institution there's nothing yeah. stopping him yeah. to write and engage and get our perspective in yeah. just uh, uh, only criticizing yeah, yeah. Ma'am, since you're here and I, and I don't want to let this opportunity go because i know we've spent a lot of time talking about the courts the judicial system the politics of the situation the criticism leveled against you you know that's a side now almost putting it to the side and and i want to talk about that point that you raised about the fact that the country is in a state of, of fire gender-based violence at such mm-hmm. a high level um, if you look at tensions in urban spaces quite high um, access to service delivery um, crossing a river to go to school a lot of injustices mm-hmm. on the people on the ground and we often have this notion that when we speak to the public protector, speak to the public protector's office, we must talk about courts, we must talk about politicians. Mm. What, where do these people fit in, in the public protector's office? Uh, they fit a lot because, I mean, those kids who are crossing rivers, uh, surely we've got the uh, Department of Education we should be providing uh, scholar transport. We should be making sure that the environment is habitable for the kids to go to school. All schools uh, as well. Uh, there's one school I went uh, to uh, last year or 2017 in Kanyagute where kids are, you know, um, having classes in some containers. It's hot. It's raining. I mean, we should be focusing on those. Um, the issue of gender-based violence um, police visibility i think for me is taking on all these issues the police in terms of section 2053 of the constitution uh, must combat must uh, uh, deal with the uh, uh, issue of crime what strategies are there and whatever is there it means it's not working how can we improve police visibility how can the security cluster work together and you know radically deal with the issue of crime. We wouldn't be having kids, young boys, uh, standing on the corners uh, smoking wunga. You know, you are destroying the future of the country. I think for us, it's what should we... We should be focusing on those, those NGOs, uh, members of uh, the legislature, when we go to our constituencies, how do we change uh, the livelihood of, of people? So as public protector, if you open a case and the police are not investigating, there's undue delay. We are there to intervene and assist. Um, There was one victim who was helped uh, before my time by my predecessor, one rape victim whose case was postponed. I don't know how many times we intervened and that matter was finalized. So that's where we come in as an institution. Issues Mm -hmm. of service delivery, maladministration, abuse of state resources, and we can prevent those. So that's where we need to work with these NGOs who are at the grassroots, who can then take those complaints. We deal with systemic uh, challenges. We then uh, change the the, the livelihoods of, of people instead of 
uh, focusing maybe on individual uh, complaints. So yeah. uh, that's where the public protector should be focusing, supporting and strengthening constitutional yeah. democracy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ma'am, finally, and I think, you know, thank you so much for taking us into your mind space and into your, um, you know, the way you approach your work and I think also uh, giving us a perspective as to what you have to, um, I think, um, you know, um, keep in mind when facing a lot of the challenges that you do. But I think as you wrap up, uh, a general assumption is that a lot of criticism leveled against your office and the work that you've produced. Um, I know you've specified it and you've clarified it quite quite a lot in this interview. But in closing, how then do you ensure that the um, respect and the integrity of the office is maintained? Because right now there's a great deal of criticism about that very point. And... Um Again, unfortunately, I don't have the means or the resources of controlling uh, the media. Media is controlled by certain individuals and they would control the narrative they would want to um, feed uh, or give uh, the public. But what we can do as the public protector in our own space, in whatever is within our control, will continuously inform the public through social media, through yes, social media, and through uh, publications of our reports, um, where we are informing the public that this is what we can do for you. This is how we've changed other people's lives. Uh, also, come to us. Um, you know, we're giving hope to the hopeless. So I think uh, that's all we are focusing on. We're changing people's lives. I don't think we are focusing on. Uh, the alleged uh, negative narrative about the institution. And people must know, it's not about Busisiwem Kwebane. It's about this constitutional institution which is there uh, to, to help members of the public, men and women and boys and girls working in the public protector who are very dedicated. I mean, I was even telling them that you are legally qualified, but you are also have an element of uh, promoting social justice, that element of being a social worker. Don't only look on the hard facts or look at these files as if it's part of work I'm being paid for, but just put yourself in the shoes of the person who's complaining, who's sleeping without food, who cannot access certain service, whose business is closed because of some inefficient or uh, corrupt a public official. So that's all what people need to focus on and uh, forget about uh, whatever the media is saying. Mm. Mm. Well, Public Protector Advocate Busisim Kobane, thank you so much for sparing us your time okay. and, and, and clarifying a lot of these issues and we look forward to having you in studio again. Thank you so much and thank you to your listeners. Um, yes, it would be nice in future to engage with them and answer directly to whatever uh, questions they have. Yeah, we look thank forward you. to that. Yes. This public service announcement is brought to you by Lotus FM. Nelson Mandela once said, Each of us as citizens has a role to play in creating a better world for our children. Madiba also said, our children are our greatest treasure. They are our future. Those who abuse them tear at the fabric of our society and weaken our nation. Hashtag, hear our voices. Lotus FM. So there you go. That was um, Public Protector Advocate Busisiwe Mkobane uh, explaining a lot of um, her thought processes and I think um, the purpose of that interview and I think we've spent a great deal of time in the media and public and even at Newsbreak um, you know looking at some of the um, 
issues behind the issues with regard to a lot of her judgment. Um, and we just really wanted to find out what goes through her mind when she makes these judgments. Why, what, how, how does she defend them? And specifically when courts are saying they're not defendable. And, um, you know, how does she deal with that criticism? So, like I indicated at the beginning of the broadcast, we could not have her in studio live. Uh, she was only available to give us that time to record the interview. And we did it that way. So, I'd like to know your thoughts then, maybe, if you... Just take a very few calls. Uh, I've got some WhatsApps that I'm going to go to now as well. But yeah, it's just a quick uh, comment on some of your thoughts and what she said. We can You can call us now. It's 0893108789. While you do that, um, specifically the end point there, and that's exactly what Vasanta from Savannah Park wanted to hear. She says, thank God, it's the same topic I love to hear. Um, how do I get help? Because in July... Um, till this day, I've got no closure. When I go to the detective, they want me to bring a witness. I'm a very poor person who got no support. Please help. My son got murdered. So, um, Vasanta, they're talking about how the public protector could assist her. And then, um, Another one on a similar vein. I have a question for the public protector. The Law Society is taking forever to investigate a complaint I laid almost two years. Can I? How can I approach them? Because I'm a pensioner living on social grants. So those are some of the questions coming through for a public protector. Let's go to phone lines. And I'm going to ask you to keep it very quickly, uh, very short. We've only got two minutes left after that conversation with public protector. Let's go to Mr. Louis Pelé. Mr. Pelé? Yeah, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to listen very quickly. I think, you know, to discuss matter of subjudication, I think that's on its own, it's a merit, and, and uh, we like to discuss that as well. And the um, public protector also spoke about packages and payout on pensions. And when we do that, how come companies now re-employ pensioners as a contract worker? I think those are the highlights. I think the Department of Legal and Compliance should work together in order to, to work around this problem. Thank you. Thanks, Mr. Pillay. We appreciate your call. Let's go to Selvin on the line. Hello, Selvin. Yes, very quickly. I know it's news time. Firstly, thanks to the public for coming to Lotus and uh, the humanity. Question quickly. The Kini Makweto, the Auditor General, has complained that the Ipikwani municipality and the Infoleni were threatening the Auditor General staff. That's one. I want to know if the public procedure there is aware of that. And the Mokram Mokram would like to know who accused him of state capture, why aren't the people named, why is it saying in the background? Because we have less time, I couldn't ask much more, and I'd like to know what are the irregularities regarding Sri Ramaphosa. Let's give the others a chance, time is of essence. Thanks for the lovely show, we learned a lot. Thanks so much, Selvin. I think we'll leave it there with calls. I'll go to one more WhatsApp a voice note now. Uh, let's say hello to you. Hi, it's me, Angelo. Wow, from Ravensmith, I would like you to play me on the radio. <laughs> Features. Okay, I think, I think no, that, that wasn't really for the public protector. Um, so yes, we'll leave it there then. And I'll remind you though, based on the fact that we didn't take calls and didn't really give you the opportunity to um, interact and liaise with us directly today, tomorrow is open lines. So it's your day to talk about whatever you'd like to. And yes, you may, you know, provide your thoughts and your sentiments regarding public protector to the whatsapps we got about how could they receive help well this is what we were left with from the public protector in terms of getting in contact with her um, there's a toll free number it's 0800 11 2040 0800 11 
2040 and that's how you can contact her and there's an email for complaints to the public protector it's registration r e g i s t r a t i o n 2 the 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 number 2 so that's registration the number 2 at p protect.org so that's p and then protect.org if you send through your queries there i'm told that's the best way to get in touch with the uh, public protector trying to get you more communication channels so that you could you know liaise with the office directly well we'll talk about it tomorrow then on open lines you can give me a call and talk to me about whatever you'd like to um this broadcast can be made courtesy of the team executive producer Selma Patel and Rachel Vadi i'll be back between 1 and 2 tomorrow from Itarish hey have an awesome day SABC News independent and impartial